You're listening to an audiobook presentation of The Grendel's Shadow by Andrew Maine. You can purchase it for 99 cents on Amazon, on their Kindle store, on your Kindle, or on all major phones using the Kindle app, including iPhones, Androids, Blackberries, and Windows 7. It's also available on the Nook store and Apple's iBooks. Or you can buy this entire audio presentation uninterrupted or a physical copy at andrewmaincom books. Chapter 26 The three gunmen at the top of the bell tower helped Carpenter and Alan up. One of them was aiming her modified operation light at the ground below, searching for the beast. Just under the edge of the roof, Carpenter could see the flicker of the creature's tail as it went around the back of the civic hall, looking for another entrance. Where's Dr. Westwood? asked one of the young men, looking down the ladder. We don't know, replied Carpenter. We separated on the ridge. He was right behind you, said the red-headed man with the light. What? Carpenter leaned out of the bell tower to look for Westwood. We closed the doors on him? Alan looked over the ledge to scan the town. There, he shouted, then covered his mouth, afraid he'd betray Westwood's position to the creature. Westwood and Lionheart were at the far edge of the bank building. He moved them further out to watch as the creature went to the back of the hall and started tearing at the building. Its huge claws pulled away long splinters of painted vine trunk. It wouldn't take long for it to rip a hole through the back if it kept at it. Westwood needed to draw it away from the building and down Main Street again for another volley of rifle fire. The problem was the creature's singular focus. It wanted to go after its prey systematically. The upside, Westwood realized, was that it would allow him to get closer. He dismantled from Lionheart and shoved all of his ammo clips from the saddlebags into his pockets. From a hundred yards, he shot around at the beast's head. He took a step, then fired at the same point. A heavy-bore rifle like his could drop an elephant or even a large dinosaur if he shot it in the right place. He aimed at what he thought were the critical spots and fired multiple shots. Back of the eye. Bang! Bang! Nothing. Mid-thorax. Bang! Bang! Nothing. Well, not quite nothing. The creature did flinch and tiny amounts of blood were visible as the bullets entered the thick skin. The shots may ultimately be wounding the thing mortally, but how long until mortality kicked in? Westwood decided to try and blind it. He took a shot at the yellow ring as it intently stared at the side of the building trying to get in. The monster reeled back. Blood splurted from a wound near the lower rim of the eye socket. Westwood stepped closer and took aim with a thick skull. He remembered how thick the ones were in Dr. Sujay's lab. He fired anyway. Finally, the creature pulled its attention away from the civic hall and looked to see where the pain was coming from. It craned its neck to see Westwood with the working eye. One sniff with the nose, and without hesitation it charged straight for him. Westwood immediately regretted dismounting Lionheart to get a better shot. The bird let out a squawk as it bolted away. Westwood knew he stood little chance on foot. The creature closed the distance between them fast. Westwood sprinted in a direct line away from the bank wall. He didn't have a prayer of outrunning it. To survive, he'd have to outmaneuver it. He ran straight toward the creature's blind side. Behind him, he could hear the creature pounce into the position where he'd been standing. The shooters in the roof let out another volley as it came below them. From behind, a scream tore through the air. 
Westwood turned around and look. He knew what was happening. The creature was ripping Lionheart to shreds. The bird had panicked and went in a straight line. Westwood's faint had put the creature in pursuit of the brushbird, and it killed it in frustrated rage. Lionheart had given him a few extra seconds. Not enough, but more than he had moments ago. Westwood ran around the back of the Civic Building and passed where the creature had been trying to claw its way in. The gas lights that illuminated the inside were visible through a gash in the wall. Westwood shouted into the opening, Get ready! Westwood ran to the far end of the building. He could see Carpenter leaning out of the bell tower, looking down at him. He threw a couple of quick handle signals up to her. She nodded and then turned to the men on the roof. He pushed his back up against the wall and peered around the backside of the hall. Twenty yards away from the bank building, he could see what was left of Lionheart. Where was the creature? The town's gas lights illuminated parts of the buildings and streets that had little parts beyond. The shadows concealed even more. Westwood looked up the bell tower to see if he could trace the beam of the spotlight to where the operator was aiming, but he couldn't see it. He moved toward a side closet to the front of the hall. He looked up for the beam and couldn't see it yet again. That either meant that the people in the bell tower were getting ready to escape, or the creature was under the overhang of the building looking for him. Westwood made a quick guess. With a blinded left eye, that most likely meant the creature would be prowling in a counterclockwise fashion so it could keep its good eye toward the outer perimeter. Given the creature's great speed and agility, a second could mean all the difference in the world. Westwood made a guess, then slid around the corner to the front of the building. He looked to his left, and then to his right. Slowly, he moved his head so he could see back to the side he'd just moved from. At the other end, he could see the axe-shaped nose of the creature poking out. It was sniffing the ground, trying to find his scent. Westwood had an inspiration. It was a stupid idea under any circumstance this close to the building, but the crew inside already were making their plans for escape. Not letting go of his rifle, he yanked open his blood-caked and sweat-drenched shirt and ripped it free. Still watching the corner, he pulled the remaining grenade from his side pouch and wrapped it with the shirt. The loud snort came from just around the corner. Westwood threw the bundle a few feet from him, where he'd last seen the nose. It flew just inches in front of the beast as it poked its head out again. Scent took over for sight in its brain. The creature leaped on top of the bundle, filled with rage. It exploded in its face, sending a cloud of debris in every direction. Westwood felt bits of glass and metal shrapnel graze his back. The creature fell to its side, its mouth and jaw a bloody mess. Small grass fire illuminated part of the wreckage that was in its face. It fired two rounds at the animal. From the top of the bake building, he could hear gunmen let out a cheer. Defiantly, the creature leaped to its feet, its one good eye aimed squarely at Westwood. Chapter 27 Choosing not to run, Westwood brought his rifle to bear and fired at the good eye. It exploded in a shower of fluid. Powered by instinct, the animal blindly charged at him. Westwood ran backwards to the front of the hall. He cursed when he almost tripped over a flower arrangement. He got his balance and pressed his back against the front doors and fired another shot at the creature as it came around the corner. From behind him, the doors opened and hands grabbed him as Alan and Carpenter pulled him inside. The Noyce brothers quickly shut the door. They ran to the fire engine to put it in place. Leave it! Westwood shouted. 
The brothers nodded and ran toward the ladder, leading to the bell tower. Westwood turned to Alan and Carpenter. Follow them. What about you? asked Alan. Go! shouted Westwood. Alan and Carpenter ran to the back of the hall and hurried up the ladder after the Noyce brothers. Westwood slung his rifle over his shoulder and ran to one side of the fire engine and placed his hands against the metal frame. He took a breath. An instant later, the furious beast flew through the open doors, sending one of them off its hinges. The two brushbirds squawked in terror as the predator entered the hall. King Louis, flightless as he was, managed to throw himself into the air and landed on top of the beast before jumping to freedom through the opening. Miss Bonnie'd follow after. The confused creature swiped at the birds as they passed and drew blood, but did not keep them from escaping. To prevent the creature from getting out, Westwood pushed the engine as hard as he could. It didn't want to move, but he pushed harder. Finally, it rolled across the floor and came to a stop in front of the opening. The one exit for the creature was now barricaded, at least temporarily. Totally blind now, the creature was in a frenzy. It lashed out of the walls, leaving long gouge marks. It even managed to pry several metal rails free. They fell to the floor, swung its claws in a wild manner, trying to find flesh, trying to kill. Westwood remained still, holding his presence from the creature. The creature reigned in its fury and began to sniff the air as it turned its head around the room. Westwood knew it would find him in a moment. He had to act. Trapping the creature for a few minutes wasn't the point. This had to be its death chamber. Westwood crawled under the fire engine and pulled himself toward the center of the machine. There was little clearance. He hoped to crawl under it and to the outside when he made his exit. He looked toward the entrance and realized he'd inadvertently pinned the left side door closed when he pushed the engine in front of the opening. A large iron wheel blocked the opening where the right side door had been ripped off its hinges. This wasn't going according to plan. He decided to proceed to step two. To figure out his escape later. He had ten, maybe twenty seconds. Something would come up. Westwood reached a hand up and started pulling open the valves for the engine tank. Amber liquid began gushing out onto the floor. Liquid spilled into the middle of the floor and splashed at the creature's feet. It couldn't make sense of this new smell and lashed out at the air. Westwood pulled himself up to the other end of the fire engine, near the creature's tail. He pulled open another valve, and more liquid began spurting at the creature. Westwood was covered in it too. This was going to add a challenge to lighting the fuel on fire. Westwood didn't want to die in the fire with the creature. If he could make it to the ladder, he stood a chance. Unfortunately, a very angry animal was between him and there. Grendel's Shadow is available on Amazon for 99 cents. Buy it on your desktop or your Kindle. You can also use the Kindle app, available on the iPad as well as all major phones, including iPhones, Blackberries, Windows 7, and Android. You can also look for it on the Nook Store and Apple's iBooks. If you'd like to purchase this audiobook in its entirety without interruption, or a physical copy of Grendel's Shadow, head to andrewmain.com books. This presentation has been read by Justin Robert Young. <laughs>